Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, back into it. We're into the home stretch. There's still a, a lot of grist for the mill here with our friends Ernie Eves, former premier and finance minister. We got Buzz Hargrove, past president of the Canadian Auto Workers Union, and John Turley Ewart, uh, who's had a lot of experience on Bay and Wall Streets and uh, was talking up marijuana stocks. Matter of fact, I was. Musing aloud that uh, High Street in the Donwood Plaza Don Mills is one of the greatest places for fish and chips. And, John, right away, uh, your entrepreneurial acumen kicked in, and you said, you know, they could always sell uh, the name or the website or whatever to a cannabis concern, a dispensary coming online yes. come April 1 of the new year. Uh, wouldn't that be something? That's really where the mother load is. It's really right? be on High Street then. <laughs> well, you would be. But that's interesting to note. High Street, uh, come April, uh, think of it as a fish and chips place, not necessarily a dispensary, but they do dispense the world's greatest tasting fish and chips and the meat pies too, which are all hand-raised, meaning they're baked from scratch. we got Sharon in the back, and she's a pastry chef of the first order having worked with Mark McEwen and, you know, coming from a gourmet food background, it translates into uh, something wonderful at pedestrian prices. High Street, Donwood Plaza, Don Mills, easy to get to, to eat in or take out. They're open Tuesdays to Saturdays and fully licensed. Just take the DVP to Lawrence Avenue and go east, east of the DVP. First set of lights, east of the DVP, you go north on Underhill, around the corner in the Donwood Plaza. The place is called High Street. There you go. It's not a dispensary. It's for fish and chips. Just wanted to point that out. Ernie, I've got to ask you, as a former finance minister, they're having a conference. I don't know if it's just completed, but twice a year, I guess, the finance mm-hmm. ministers of the province. You used to go to these things, oh, right? Oh, yeah. How was the food? I don't know about the food. <laughs> All right. But were they worthwhile endeavors? Did you get stuff? Yes, I thought they were, by and large. Um, obviously, you have good days and bad days like anything else, but... You know, talk, I presume you're talking about the equalization formula. I am. And uh, transfer payments. Well, Vic Fideli, who's a current finance minister, is uh, somewhat put off that Ontario has to send $8 billion to the feds and we get nothing for it. Meanwhile, Quebec's got a robust economy these days, and they're getting like $12 billion sent their way. Well, there's no doubt that federal governments play with the equalization formula to suit their political purposes, shall I say. Wow, so we're um, being punished. But... You know, I, when I was finance minister, we estimated that Ontario was contributing $15 billion a year more in taxes to the federal government than we were getting back in terms of transfer payments or programs or infrastructure or whatever. So I think that speaks to what Mr. Fidelli was talking about. I think I read today that he estimated it's 12.9, so it's that down slightly from $15 billion then. However, the point remains that you know, the province of Quebec is always treated differently. And they're now getting 66% of the equalization payments for the entire country. I think they represent about 28% of the population. 22, I'm told. Or 22, sorry, yeah. and maybe 28 or 29% of the GDP in the country, some somewhere in that neighborhood. Anyway, having said all of that, um, I 
offered when Mr. Martin was the federal finance minister to blow the whole equalization formula up and let's start over because this has become such a schmazzle. Mm. And I got support from virtually every province except for one, of course, uh, who, who didn't want to see their payments cut in any way, shape, or form, and they knew that was going to happen. To further exacerbate the problem, every transfer payment has a component of equalization in it. If it was truly fair, it would be done according to per capita basis, but it isn't because they want to make sure that poor provinces who perhaps don't have the resources, but I thought, silly me, that's what the equalization formula was for. But no, they inject a part of equalization into virtually every transfer program from the feds to the provinces. So provinces like Ontario, BC, and Alberta, they don't just get hit once. They get hit in virtually every single program that the federal government is doing. Right. And so uh, this is where, you know, Ontario feels hard done by. I just wanted to reiterate this point. This is politically uh, manipulated or massaged. No. Well, you just said as much. And oh, so- I, I don't think there's any doubt that there are political considerations. And the federal government, really, they might ask for the odd opinion. I actually had a good relationship with Paul Martin, and he did change the payments somewhat more in favor of per capita, but it was a very gradual, small change. But at least he, well, to give him credit, he was going in the right direction. But there is no doubt that the federal government manipulates the formula. They just dictate to the provinces. I just heard the other day, too bad, this isn't, Morneau said, this is in place for the next five years. You have nothing to say about what we do. Right, and basically this is why Quebec can a great uh, sit, there, sit there and boast on $7 a day daycare, free tuition for college and university. Paid for by you and I. And Alberta, who are being beggared by the feds because the feds won't see to it that uh, the resources start getting to Tidewater and so on. I mean, this is an outrage. This is where, you know, you sow great dissent in the land. And uh, I'm suggesting that this is already starting to be fomented. Am I wrong, John? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And, and, and frankly, it's very concerning that we have a government in Ottawa that doesn't have a national vision, doesn't have a national purpose. And I would argue if, if Quebec is getting 66% of, of the equalization payments as they are, now's the time where you can sit down with Quebec and say, Part of the national program is allowing an eastern pipeline through Quebec so that we can get our, our oil out because that oil is paying for that 66%. My, my concern is that you have a rising frustration in Alberta and in Saskatchewan, and we've seen that uh, before in our history. It creates a great deal of national tension and undermines what it is to be Canadian, and it's the job of Ottawa to prevent that, but they're not. They seem to be just standing back and saying to the West, we could care less. They can't deal with the, the, the issue out in B.C. with getting the, the pipeline built there either. Uh, it, it, the lack of leadership and action is astonishing. Well, I, I, I think you have to uh, go back to what Ernie said. He talked about dealing on this issue uh, with Paul Martin, and it was way skewed at that uh, point uh, towards whatever uh, the government wanted to do, whatever province right. they wanted to favor. Uh, but since then, you've had 10 years of Tory uh, government in Ottawa as well. So it's not just the Liberals that have allowed this to continue. The Tories could have changed it shortly during that period. They had yeah, but you're missing stretch. my point. They had my, a long stretch of majority you're missing my uh, government, point. but they didn't do anything about you're, it. You're and now we're back point. to the Liberals again. But you seem to focus on the current government 
they inherit it the same as we inherit a lot of the issues. What I'm saying is the point, the point is, is that that frustration from Alberta and Saskatchewan and the other provinces out west, Manitoba too, is that they are paying, not so much Manitoba, they are paying into this equalization fund, but Quebec is blocking them from being able to generate the money. That's the issue. That's well, it seems it, like that's to me like the cre- federal government is blocking it. It is. They could change it. They could. And that's what I'm saying. But they don't you, have the political you, courage. You now have the, the when Quebec is getting 66%, you have the leverage to say to Quebec, look, we want to keep the payments flowing. Now, I don't agree with that, but they could do it that way. The trade-off for that is we are a country. We have to ensure that the people in Alberta and Saskatchewan have their product flow to markets. Right. It's a carrot-and-stick approach, but uh, I guess there's uh, always this sense that Quebec is like the third rail in Canadian politics and nobody wants to touch it. I want to come back. There's another angle to this I want to pursue again while time permits, and we'll do that in a moment on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.